packet it's going to be cheaper there's got to be a value in it and, and that kind of stuff so that's it's best not to use all your best words we've learned that the hard way Tyler what the best we, words we have our conversation you think I've said it now. Do you know what I mean? Once he comes out, you've kind of probably given your best line of the of the whole kind of chat. Oh, don't worry. There's loads of nonsense in there, and we yeah, recorded now. Then. Chat shit all the time. Well, I've actually turned the recording on about two seconds ago. Oh, fantastic! So, uh, so <laughs> no, no. Well, well I'm going to say there's an issue the one because the, the the way that podcasts have been going in the past, where we're learning as we go along. I think um, we're bleeping out certain words, so f and 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 no. c words. Yeah. And, yeah, but the occasional. Softer words, shall we say, can uh, can come out. So um, not in this one. <laughs> I, my microphone isn't switched on at this side because okay. I think this is about BHI, really. So it's up to you. I'm good. I was just going to let you two speak as a, as a as you colleagues. Or, or you can you know throw I mean? in. You've got this this agenda as well, which is well, which but, is good to be fair. You know what I mean. You've got an agenda, and it sort of certainly helps things move along. Well, we were talking on Saturday. One of the things that I think when we're looking at some of the analytics, if we get, rather than getting sort of 30 second or a minute long excerpts or extracts, if we aim to get between three and five minutes, yeah. it'll perform, in my opinion, it'll perform better on, on LinkedIn uh, for things engagement. Obviously, then we can talk about putting um, maybe moving images and, 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 and content behind the, the, the masks. Uh, and then obviously on Facebook, we're going to get more analytics and more reach on that particular point as well. So, so yeah, so I mean, as far as the agenda is concerned, I think, over to you I mean what makes BHI different in your own words Emma mine own words <laughs> mine um, service the, the the just the service that we provide okay I would say because nobody else you know has that dedicated account manager has um, somebody that will just at a drop of a hat go and deliver a pair of boots out of hours in your own time. Okay. And you know, you don't get that. You don't get that from competitors. You okay. don't you don't get somebody that you can talk to on the end of the phone like a proper human being. Right, okay, so personal contact. Yeah. Have you been on the other side sort of buying from a PP or a workwear supplier before? Or have you had some connection to the way that they No, it's just, you know, in general when people buy stuff when you ring people up. It's you know, you you've frustrations when you're trying to like ring to try and change your electricity, for instance. You know, you can be on the phone for hours mm -hmm. and then you get cut off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, but it isn't just you know, it, yeah, it, your frustrations are that you're waiting on the phone for hours or you're not talking to the right person or you have to ring up and then you talk to somebody else and then they don't know what you're talking about and then they have to ring up. Um, notes and then the notes aren't right or somebody's not put anything right and it's all like a ball game having to explain yourself over and over again. So there's no cohesion. So basically BHI in the way that you operate and the way that we operate as you, the main point of contact we don't do that. We do something different. Mm. Yeah. So we answer the phone, we're responsive and... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his nerves it always starts off. So... Okay, that makes one BHI different. Um, in your experience, in the limited experience you've had when you've been talking to potential clients and customers, because you do something slightly different, you don't go in there and start trying to sort of engage in a race to the bottom by chipping on prices, by saving someone three or four pence on a unit. You know, you're going in there speaking to them about what their frustrations are. You know, what's a, a typical pain point of a customer? 
it's not so much talking about the frustrations. It is a little bit, but then it's obviously been listening to them and seeing whether there's an alternative out there. Okay. That would be better for them and better product. And whether it be cheaper or whether it be more expensive, but it works for that company. So you're basically looking at finding better value and better economies, so we say. so. Just something that works better for them. I mean, they might have, I don't know, maybe they've got a boot that is a cheaper boot that's uh, nipping their toes, that maybe a lorry driver is jumping in and out of the wagon, it's hurting his feet all day, he's getting home, um, you know, he's just crippled with his feet. Okay. And that's a cheap boot. Now you can put a different alternative boot in there that you know different products all right, so and, and it, you know, it, it works. You can, I mean, the beauty of us is that we can put a trial in there, we can sample it, and there's. Okay. So, in the, if you get a customer that's a hardliner, only sees price, if you call that an objection, how do you overcome that objection? Or do you just kind of go, I can't really sort of, <laughs> I can't understand it for you? If, if they've got a good price and they tell me what price they've got and I can't match it, I'll tell them that they've got a good price. Okay, that's honest. So, I mean, and, you know, and then I will go on their service and say, what sort of service? Are you still happy with that provider? Mm. Are they doing everything that you're asking them to do? And I'll go around that sort of scenario and see whether they're upset about that. But if they've got a tick box in every, every scenario, well, there's no reason to change. I mean, I agree. I think if you went into someone and they were buying the best products, there wasn't a better alternative, and they were getting it at the best price, mm. and they were happy with the service, I think you've got to be honest and say... I can't do anything for you. Thanks very much. Shake your hand. If anything changes, give me a call. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it'll take my card. Yeah, Whether they like it or not. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> no. Leave them scattered around all over the place. Yeah. But no, they will. And Throw it like a shuriken in the forehead. You know. Yeah. But, you know, they'll, they'll have my details and I'll say if anything changes, you know, just give us a ring. Or, you know, can I touch base in another couple of months and see whether anything's changed? Okay. But if you find someone that is insistent on only going for the pos- uh, the cheapest possible price, so you talked about having um, maybe a driver or someone that's on the feet all day long and it's pinching, and obviously that has an effect on efficiencies, productivity, obviously moaning at people, the, the, the frustrations within the staff. But they're insistent on having the cheapest possible boot, but there is a better alternative out there. Is it kind of, do you sort of go in and go, I'm going to try and educate you or try and explain things to you respectfully, not like, you know, make you look like an idiot but uh, trying to uh, sort of say there is a better option not only for the business do you find that many people are responsive to that yeah or I do kind of... I find many people are responsive because you can use um, like scenarios and you know like our staff wear some really good boots in the warehouse yeah and they're comfy to the point where one of the lads has even bought a pair for home I think I know it is is it the guy with a bad, bad knee no oh a different guy yeah right. so um... <laughs> okay <laughs> So yeah, so it just goes to show that how comfy these boots are, and you can put that scenario across and just say that this is one that I would highly recommend yeah. because these guys are on the feet all day, you know they're. And we're willing to test it because that's we're yeah, putting them anywhere. We can put a test in there, yeah, yeah. and if they're still not happy with the product, then you know I've done everything possible. Yeah. Or they're not happy with the price of the product, and they still want people to suffer. That's up to them. That's their business. They're just going to lose lose staff in that in that scenario. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sort of in my own mind when when. If I, uh, it's easy for me to say this because I'm sort of sitting on the communication, the marketing, and the sort of the preaching, if you want to call it that one. You know, I'm talking about idealism and and all these things that that should be happening. You were at the sharp end of that and dealing with people that go, but I've got a budget. 
or I'm only talking about price, do you find that people know that there is a direct correlation between poor service or perceivably poor service and the cheapest possible price for something? Do you? Yeah, I do. And, and if you're talking to them about that, so they understand there is a link. So if you're having a conversation and saying to them, well, would you pay a bit more to get rid of that headache or that frustration? Well, the thing is, is sometimes you'll be able to wing it. So maybe, I don't know, you could do the polo top, tops maybe a little bit cheaper than what they're getting okay. now, but obviously yeah. they'll pay a little bit more for the, for the boots. So in the grand scheme of things, they'll be paying the same, but obviously more and less for different products. So that's why you've got to look at the, the whole Whole. You look at that. Do they look at that as well, or are they kind of looking at everything? Yeah, but that's what I tell them that I'm looking at. Okay. If I look at the whole thing and everything that they purchase and everything that that they need, yeah, you know, and look at the price structure of what they're paying, then you know there might be a way that I can help. But that's going to be a little bit more expensive. But that's not. Well, that's a good point because I mean one of the things that I know my dad and my brother have talked about for years, and one of his frustrations is the term total supply. So if a customer no matter if it's a big customer or a little customer if they have or we give them total supply so everything from janitorial to chemicals to uh, the workwear pp signage whatever it comes up there total supply mm -hmm. you can offer those economies you can say to someone well actually we can sort of reduce the cost down there and then we can look at alternatives and, and offer more economies to them but you do find some people have this mindset um, that they'll sort of say, well, I can get high-vis vest from you at X price, say a pound, mm -hmm. and I'll go to one of our competitors and get those boots at two pound, and then I'll go to that. And it's, it, for me, it just seems completely logical because it makes their life a lot harder. I'm finding a lot more that people just want one supplier that they can rely on, that they can trust, that they can just ring up and say, can you just send this off? And I've got a lot of the bigger companies now that are wanting that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've got one big company in particular that, you know, although we're probably on a par with everything else with their jackets and their high vis, the signage side of things, we've beaten that by miles. Yeah. And so I don't know where open. these prices have come from because they were just phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, yeah. And they were blown away by the cost that we've, we've been able to do it for. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, for me, that's music to my ears, as geeky as it sounds, because one of the sort of uh, fears or frustrations I have is if I'm sort of working on social platforms and content creation and, and, and all these kind of wonderful idealism concepts about how great we are, it's all right me saying that, then but you're actually going in there and actually living it and preaching it and talking to these people and they're responsive to it. Because mm -hmm. I'm always wondering, it's like, yeah, yeah, wonderful, it looks fantastic on LinkedIn and then you get a little salesperson goes in and goes, ah, uh, I'll just knock your five pence off. <laughs> just make their life a lot harder. Doesn't really resonate with what the, the BHI as a company are trying to sort of achieve. And actually, it doesn't really serve them, it doesn't serve them in the long term as well because mm -hmm. the customer at some point, any, any perceived benefit or any perceived saving is a very short-term spike it's not yes, going to be yes. sustainable and we've had quite a few customers that have gone away they've saved a, a couple of pounds but then they've come back because they're not getting a little because of service. Of the service yeah so a service for us is one of those big I it's mean, a key it's a usp but it's one of those things i think i think we need to do more work on that in terms of, of the level of service we, we touch on it and it's we have these wonderful expressions, things like, you know, make better buying decisions. And it's like, well, what does that actually mean? Mm. But if you get into the to the ribs of it, when you're meeting people, maybe at CEO level or MD level, project manager level or senior buyer procurement, and you actually get them to say, well, if you had a choice, would you pick the cheapest possible product or would you pick a level of service that's 
that's actually competitive for the pricing, you know, is that something that you would be sort of more akin to? But obviously frame it in a better way. You can you can get the cheapest product, but will it last? Is it fit for purpose for them? No. You know, but people do buy, obviously, the cheapest possible product. But again, you can look at the value of how long is that going to last against X. You see, my my take on this, and it might be theoretical, or it might, it might actually, again, from... There's a bias within this, but from my perception, I see buying and purchasing and maybe some procurement departments looking at buying or buying the same for less or trying to avoid paying more for the same. So looking at the same products or services. Yeah, but how do they know that it's the same product? Well, it's like for like. They'll go to... I mean, this is, this is the thing that and sort that's of... somebody saying it's like for like, but it's probably total rubbish compared to well, you know, what oh. they've got. I mean, in, in real practical terms, I know what happened. I've I've seen some some great advice on on LinkedIn by a couple of people, and it's quite interesting to sort of listen to the the bones of it. And one of the things that they talk about is, if you went into uh, a new client or a new potential client, and you're telling everything we are, mm-hmm. and you give them a great price on a particular product, and you memorialize it by giving them a quote, that client then goes, right, I'm going to go to my existing supplier and use that as a hammer to chip away at the pricing. Because that's what happens to us with our clients. Okay, they're not always successful, but that's what tends to happen. I do find that where if you get into a conversation with someone and saying, right, okay, well, like we talked about now, it's it's buying the best product for their specific requirements. Because you're quite right, I think with the way that um, best products are, they, they can change on a month-to-month basis. New innovations, new brands, new models, new products, everything. So it's it's finding the best products for their specific requirements and then giving them the best possible price like we've already talked about with total supply or mm-hmm. saying well we can offer you greater economies because of book purchases and then actually trying to maximize the amount of value or the the most amount of value by dealing with us and having the products and having the support and all the other things that basically makes their life a little bit easier mm. um I think that's a conversation that it's, it's reassuring that, to hear that you're having that conversation I think it's something that we need to use maybe as an educational point of view. Again, not forcing this issue, but saying, is that really the best way of basically trying to sort of get the cheapest possible polo shirt? Well, the thing is, is I mean, if you're office-based and you just want a few T-shirts for, I don't know, maybe just doing a fun run, mm. you're not going to give them a really high-quality T-shirt because it's like a class as a throwaway T-shirt. Yeah. But then you go into a construction company, they might want the same T-shirt, but then you've got to explain why... You don't want that T-shirt. Well, that's why I say the best product because yeah. the best product isn't the most expensive. That's that's the misnomer. I think the other oh, yeah. side of the equation is it's like well, if we said to someone we're not the cheapest, people get that it's a binary position where it's like well if they're not the cheapest they must be the most expensive. So therefore they get to this well what you're talking about giving me something that's made out of spun gold. And you're like no, we're actually talking about finding you the best product. Like you say for for a fun run that they're going to use once. It might be the cheapest. Within reason, so it looks okay, because you don't want to get a T-shirt that you print or embroider on, and the embroidery will print last longer than the actual T-shirt, because, really? Mm. Um, but that might be their quote-unquote best product. You give them the best possible price, and then they get to use it. But like you say, if someone's going to be wearing it, sweating in it, and it's going to need to be abrasive-resistant, durable, high-performance, or high-performance to keep them more comfortable, then you need to spend a bit more money. But mm. that conversation, they need to be educated to say, that fruit of the loom or that gilded t-shirt just won't cut it. You need something that's synthetic that wicks the moisture away that they don't get off and well, feel uncomfortable or, or it depletes the, the 
product. The thing is, is you're more in your work wear than you are in your normal wear. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be comfortable. So do you tell customers that work wear and PP is an investment in their staff and, and their sort of staff's efficiencies and productivity? Well, yeah, because if you look after your staff, like I said, you're going to keep your staff. Yeah. So you give them comfortable stuff to wear that they're happy in all day. You know, you're going to keep your staff. And what happens it's if someone one part says, of it? It's not like yeah, that. I know it's the not, whole it's, part of it, but you know, you're, you're more likely to. It's more nebulous than that. And I think it's it, if we're trying to sort of keep it simple, but within reason. I think one of the sort of objections I've heard from that in the past when we talk about say the coffer boots that we supply, mm -hmm. twenty-five pound pair of boots, and they're insisting on wearing a chucker boot at nine pound or ten pound or whatever it is. Yeah. And then they go, yeah, but the staff might only leave. Well, might only be with us for like six months, and they kind of say, well, are they leaving because of? you or they've got another job or leaving because you're basically providing them something that's okay it ticks a box that it's compliant but actually it's horrible to wear it's uncomfortable you know what what is it yeah. do you get into conversation that with people or yeah. is it yeah yeah many a time over a chucker boot yeah really <laughs> yes are you winding me up no, no really yeah because i like the coffer boots purely because you yeah. know we trial them they're you know they're they're what the, the means tested to last for 12 months mm -hmm. You know, they've, they've been trialled. Um, you're buying once a year rather than something you might buy three or four a year because the guys don't look after them. And with the composite and not the steel toe cap. So yep. that doesn't stick into your toes. They're not uncomfortable. They're not heavy. You know, you're jumping in and out of a lorry. You want something that feels like a trainer, that feels so light on your feet that you could just, you know, run to the kebab shop in. <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose of wearing that, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, you just keep adding more and more weight to them. Uh, no, that's, that, uh, well, I think that's a good way to sort of view the way that we work because you know there's a lot to be said when you're coming home after a long day and you can take your shoes off and you don't have to give it Ow. yeah yeah i've been there yeah, yeah. yeah i've been there I mean, I, yeah i have well i think we all are you know we start off working in a job and you're thinking it's like if obviously the, 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 they've got to provide you with the ppe and then you think to yourself well it's a dangerous one because obviously if they give you a car plan to go and buy whatever you want the people out there that'll just go. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of the custom, the, a lot of the customers that I deal with as well will give their staff um, like a twenty-five or thirty percent, a thirty-pound, sorry, um, like, like spend a, yeah. to go and buy their own boots. Now, you know, if we can supply the boots for a little bit less than thirty-pound or a forty-pound, which is the norm and now. Do you find um, in that scenario that they monitor that? So they, because <laughs> I have heard sort of nightmare stories where someone says, "Right, I'll give you a voucher for say forty pounds," and it's basically transferred into their bank once they provide the receipt for the mm -hmm. for the boots. And I've heard again horror stories that they, they go down to the market, they buy like a a, a fake cat boot, yeah, isn't compliant. But then the, the, the person's giving them the money back for it. Obviously, someone's knocked them up a, a, a sort of a fake receipt. The customer, so the, the uh, employer thinks that they're giving them <laughs> a boot when you're just like, again, a horror story. Well, it's like, it if is. something goes I mean, wrong. You know, you know, that's up to the, up to the clients, right, yeah. isn't it? And I mean, I don't, I don't know whether, I mean, I'm sure it does go on, but I don't know. You know it's, Less so now. I think enough people have lost toes. Uh, and sued companies. Well, that's the other thing as well, because when I was talking about when you're having a, a conversation with potential clients about investment, it's easy to look at it and go, well, it's only a pair of boots and you know it needs to make sure it protects his toes and so on. But actually, there's another another side to this, which isn't common every day, but it's, it's a threat, shall we say. It's the liability that if something goes wrong, if you buy a cheap pair of boots and it might be compliant when they come out of the box, you know, after six months and it's it's not a really good midsole and it's it's been worn a little bit, it's been knocked about a little bit, 
they might not necessarily be compliant anymore. Mm. And then someone has a slip and a fall, and then you get a shark solicitor that goes, ooh, you know, that like the opposite of uh, when, when the plumbing goes wrong in the 1980s. He's like, oh, rubbing his hands together, and he's had to go and buy a second Ferrari. They're looking at that thinking, what can we do? Now, that's a, an element that a lot of cust- uh, sorry, a lot of um, clients may not really sort of expect or to mitigate against. It's not something you can actually sell on, bearing in mind, like the doom and gloom, but it is something that people need to consider when... But it's more like, for me, if somebody's giving you £40 to go and get a pair of boots, you know, how do they monitor that? That's what I was getting at, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if we could do it, you know, for the £40 for less than £40, depending on the type of boot that they want, but then they can keep they can keep the, the log of that, and especially with the online portal, yeah, yeah. that will flag up if this person's had one more, more than one pair of boots over six months. That's important. You know, it keeps you. it keeps them a track. It keeps your finances in track. It keeps your your costs down. And well, yeah, you can predict buying patterns then. I mean, yeah, that's, and it. I mean, the, the the idea or the expression of better buying decisions isn't just a case of well, it's up to you or people like you in in that position to try and help people and advise them. It's actually look, we can actually show you cold hard facts. We can geek out on an Excel spreadsheet and say that guy's bought that boot. We tested this one. He's only bought one this year. That guy's bought three. Mm. So any any pretense of it being cheaper is completely eradicated because you're proving that it's actually more expensive than the quote more expensive boot. That as massive benefits to, to, to clients. And it's something that I think we need to get, I mean, I know you do it. And I think from, from our point of view, we need to be sort of telling people more and, and showing them the actual advantage of, of what we do as a company. It's not just a case of we're looking at making a sale. Mm-hmm. We're looking at actually getting a customer and building relationships that you're going to be with us in five years time or 10 years time or however long they're going to be. Because like you said before, we're building trust. We're building assurance that if they have a problem, quick phone call to you or send an email especially this time of night and then you basically respond and uh, and, and sort their problem out because then they, they, they get a phone call something happens it's like it's a problem on their desk now they've got a million other tasks to do well yeah because a lot of the companies aren't just a 9 till 5 now are they no and you've got again go back for lorry drivers you've got them driving through the night if they've mm-hmm. got deliveries and everything else now if something goes wrong there who do they call and that's the, again the difference now. No, not ghostbusters. No, I don't think they will help. No. <laughs> Maybe you? Mm, possibly. Yeah. What well, you can drive all the way up to Scotland to deliver some some boots. That'd be a great. If you do that, please make a video. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> that wouldn't it? Yeah. Four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're right. I think with uh, what I find is, I mean, a lot of suppliers in our field they are nine to five, and they may work maybe Saturday mornings or whatever, but. I think one of the things that we tend to do a little bit more, it can work against us sometimes because people can take advantage of it, but we will respond to emails. We will respond to contact on, on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter in a, in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, reasonable is obviously open to interpretation, but if we said within a few hours or 24 hours, certainly, and bail people out of that situation, and that should go a long way to building longevity and loyalty and, and, and the trust and assurances that we want from our clients. Mm. Um, and it's testament or testament, testament, whatever testament that we don't lose that many people. And if they do go, or like you say, if they've yeah, sort they of been, been dazzled by someone sort of doing the soul smoke and mirrors and go, I can. I mean, I, we've yeah, talked but the about best it before. thing they come back and it's not as, as I told you so. It's like you know, it's a warm welcome. But they, it's good for them to sort of not all of them because obviously there's an economic uh, impact to that. But if they do go and sort of see if the grass is greener, because we know it's not. 
and they come back and they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's, you know, you, you buy another sort of bit of security for at least another year. But there are customs out there that will always, it's like a, a magpie. You can show them a bit of, a bit of shiny stuff and they yeah. go, oh. Uh, we've had previous employees in the past where they've quoted all kinds of stuff to them and, and the customer's gone, okay, that's almost too good to be true. So their eyebrows have been a bit raised. They've they found out, they've asked for the samples and it's come in and it's been like, that's, that's not what we're buying now. It's not what we need. Mm. What have you sent me? Rather than a high-vis yellow bespoke uh, polo shirt, why have you sent me a yellow? Not a high-vis yellow, a yellow T-shirt. Eh, it's happened in the past. And you think to yourself... That, that individual is probably our best, I'm not going to tell her that, but she's probably our best salesperson because every time she goes in and she does these wonderful dancing tricks and it's always on price, she reinforces our position quite well. It's um, <laughs> it's like, oh, she's been in again. Fantastic. <laughs> Another two years' worth of work, is it? No problem, sir. So, so yeah, I mean, well, we get on to the, uh, the second to last point. Um, I was going to ask you, like, what, you know, why BHI delivers more value. You've mentioned the portal. I think we've talked about quite a few other things there, what we would consider to be unique to us. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you can think that we do other than just service? No? Really? Really? <laughs> you lost the words? I don't know. Don't no, know. It's like quarter to seven. Oh, right. is it? <laughs> wow. Okay. We'll, get, we'll, we'll wrap it up then. We'll get to the last point. One of the things that we talk about is perception and uh, our tagline I think we understand what it means some clients may get it um, some people probably don't even really care about it but it's you know you, you get one chance to make a good first impression make it count yeah. and it's not just about our first impression to our clients or potential clients it's actually more about like a force amplifier which is a nice technical term but about their first impressions to their clients, so their brand perception. So, okay, we're talking about PP and workwear and maybe signage, so it, it, it has got an impact element and how people perceive them. Well, I mean, you know, you, you're embroidery and people see that and people are asking, mm -hmm. where did you get that? And I, I was with a customer today that had seen some of our embroidery and he said there was loads of people in the room that were blown away by it. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we take care and pride in the things that we do in terms of the production side of things. But it's also getting some, the customers as well something different. You know, they can always email something, you know, like a pair of uh, electrical boots. We'd never supplied any electrical boots before, okay. but we'd manage to source them. Yeah. And get them to the client in time yeah. before these lads went on a course to do this electrical. And it had to be such a high spec. And, uh, and yeah, we did it and dropped them off today. And the customers. Loving it. Amazed. Fantastic. Came to share some stuff on Facebook and LinkedIn. Though. Yeah, he's, he's to the point where he's got a, a customer in London um, that are after the same pair of electrical boots. Oh, but his, his uh, I think his his course is in like a couple of weeks, which obviously we can't get them then because they've got to come from Italy, these boots. Mm -hmm. um, is ringing his course to see whether they can postpone it and put it back. Okay. So we can supply the boots. So too. they are critical then. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, but they can get the boots elsewhere. But it's because of this client and what we've done for them has said that you need okay. to get them from BHI, you need to talk to Emma. And obviously you'll try and accommodate them as best as you can to Absolutely, get them. Absolutely, yeah. So, but they know the turnaround time. Well, that's another thing, is management of expectations. Mm. I mean, it, it seems so obvious, but even just sending an email or making a phone call or a text to someone and say, look, realistically speaking, it's going to be a three to four week turnaround. But if we deliver it in two weeks, we're heroes. Mm. 
if we do what a lot of people do, a lot of our competitors do, go, yeah, I'll get it to you tomorrow, and then phone up to find out if they're actually in country or in stock, it's a hard conversation to phone back, and that's why a lot of sales staff don't make that phone call. So the clients are there and thinking, these are going to turn up today, or they're going to turn up tomorrow, yeah. and then you can't have a client second guessing and double ringing and chasing their order, and that was a frustration from another client that we've uh, we've won and got on board. Okay, that that was their frustration. They were always having to ring the supplier and ask where their stuff is. Why isn't it here? You said it's going to be here. You said it's X. You said it's that. Okay. Which I then said, look, you know, normally we have a two-week turnaround from point of order as long as everything's been approved with your logo, with any embroidery that needs doing any print. Um, you know, if we do have a delay or stock's not in, we tell you, we'll let you know. It's going to be in such and such, so then we'll push it and try and get it through. Okay. So we'll wrap up on the last little bit on the perception side of things as well, just to go on to that. Do you find, because everybody knows that you need branding and you need to have a great looking X garments, van or whatever. Do you find there's opportunity to go in there and actually have a discussion about how they're perceived from their clients in order to sort of help them see what we're trying to achieve by going that extra mile? Not just providing them with tat with an A logo one, like Chicken Scratch, under which is a description of one of our competitors' work. Um, do you find they're open to sort of being adventurous, shall we say? Yeah, I've yeah. had a couple, a couple recently that have they've had some logo stuff before, but mm. they wanted a different type of logo on there, okay. which they wanted to put through all of their all of their branches, which was a big a big car dealer. Yeah, yeah. And so he's sent an idea across. We've digitised it. We've imaged it, and um, he's gonna. He's got a shirt going that okay. he's going to try and he's going to go around all his all these dealerships and he's going to show it. Sure. Off. Was would direct? Well, did he get resistance from his his previous supplier, or was it a case of he just wanted to try us out to see if there's something that we could do? No, there's no resistance because they didn't really have a an approved supplier that they had to use. Okay. So it was it's an open book really. They can they can use who they want, but they want somebody that they can use for everything. So basically, a one stop shop. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. But then they were. You know, they just weren't very keen on the branding that they had. So I could have do something different, but still kept within the branding, mm -hmm. the name. Yeah, I'm not talking about someone saying, right, well, okay, this is our logo. Let's just they have a flying pig or a, a, like a weird dragon on it or something. But you do get a situation where people think that it's it's prescribed that you can only have front, left breast and then maybe the sleeve. You know, so we do say to customers, it's up to them, obviously. You can pretty much have it wherever you want, within reason. Um and the, obviously the most impact to it. But it's nice to have conversation with people that understand that and the possibilities of it than just thinking, well, I've always had it that way or it's that's what our brand is and that's that's how it's going to be. So, okay, yeah, I think pretty much we've covered everything now, really. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add is your sort of sale piece? You just want to get off and start drinking wine now? Yeah, is that, yeah? Much. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, that's, I think that's everything really. Um, yeah? You know, I think we've... Enjoyed it, or have you found it a complete and utter nightmare and a bore? Well, he sounds says everything, really. That's, that's a... No, it's, it's been a great. Why do you keep me while I'm down? Yeah, throw him under the bus again. Today. <laughs> yeah. Are we done, Don? Yeah, another nice is. Have you got anything else to add? No, I think that's it. Okay.